I could keep going forever, my guy. Doop, doop, doobity doo. Yay! <laughs> Welcome to Movie Loaf, episode three, I guess. Uh, today, I have a very special guest, and that guest is my very good friend, my co writer, co director, co producer, and co-actor man uh, for Fatal Future, uh, Sean Doyle. Hey, Michael. How's it going? It's going great, Sean! That's good. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, today um, we, uh, this is very special. Let me make sure the chat is working real quick. We always have that problem uh, in the chat on the YouTube, on the YouTubes, where it just doesn't show up for people, because this whole system is broken it's broken everything's broken um we currently have six viewers on the youtube so hello six viewers uh good to see ya uh yeah dom we got a guest sean uh for those who are not aware by the way who are tuning in uh through purely audio forms you know that old chestnut um we uh we do read out comments on the uh the youtube stream so i will try to not be uh, too confusing with that, but also I, I don't, I, I, I make no promises because I am by nature a very confusing person. Uh, isn't that right, John? Uh, yes, that's correct. You are one of the most confusing people I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so, uh, I, I, I love, I, I love, uh, no budget cinema. Um, I think we share a mutual interest in low budget cinema, um, but I would say I'm probably the one who's more, uh, obsessed with it. Uh, yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, we have made low budget cinema together, but that is, it is viewing it is usually more your realm. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so, uh, by the way, YouTube viewers, I apologize. There's like a monitor that's partially in the shot with Sean. Uh, that's his best friend now. So that's just, uh, and then, Ooh, and in the back, uh, you can actually see, a the the uh, picture of me on the Vice Academy poster that uh, Dom put together. Just Dom, one of our amazing patrons, and of course, if you want to become an amazing patron, you're probably already pretty amazing. Uh, but you could add a word to that and become an amazing patron by going to the Patreon link in the description and pledging some money cash 
to me and my cause, my cause being bringing you some weird shit, dog. Um, also, uh, there's a thing in the thing to donate to the thousand dollar, uh, thousand dollar holla, uh, shopping spree video, which will probably never happen, but I'm going to keep pushing it because it was a really dumb joke and I can't not keep up with dumb jokes. It's just what I am and who I am and what I do. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's see. Other than that, uh, fo- uh you know, we all got, got all kinds of stuff. You got anything going on, Sean? Uh, not really. I, I mean, in terms of, in terms of what, in terms of you doing anything like on the social medias, you got anything to plug right off the bat? Any, any kind of crazy, any cool shit, dog? Any, like you, you writing anything big, you doing anything cool? Uh, I, I'm doing a lot of. Uh, painting, uh, miniatures, foam craft stuff. Uh, that's all on my my Instagram. Uh, it's keyboard underscore brawl. Keyboard underscore brawl. Go follow my man Sean on his Instagram, y'all. You can find me on Instagrams too, but I'm much less interesting. I barely use that damn thing. Uh, yeah, because I am bad at social media. Uh, so... Um, we're normally with movie love. I say normally we're technically or two, technically three episodes in now. Uh, normally we have, uh, different segments for each show, but I think that today's show is probably going to take up the full hour. I think that there's a good chance we will talk for the full hour about today's subject. Uh, it, it may or may not happen. I don't know. Maybe we'll add a segment randomly. I don't have anything scripted, but you know, sure. Fuck it. Why not? Um, so let's just dive on in. We are going to uh, start up the theme for today's show, and the theme for today, or the the, the segment where we're going to be uh, dealing in, is the Under 700 Club! Hello and welcome to the Under 700 Club, where we worship at the altar of low-budget films with less than 700 ratings on the IMDb. Dude, I see great cinema. Well, that's good. Cool. Uh, So, uh, Sean, of course, over here cannot hear any of this. Can't hear a thing. (laughs) No idea what just happened. (laughs) So, uh, this is the Under 700 Club where we talk about uh, movies with 700 or less ratings on the IMDb. Um, Now, that actually describes a lot of films, but it it doesn't work with the, the 700 Club joke that I was making, so that's just how we're going to deal with it. Uh, so let's, uh, let's really quickly, let's go over the exigency IMDB. That's what we're talking about. The, are the exigency? Exigency? Exigency, sure. The exigency. Um, directed by Cody Vibart. Uh, I might be saying that name wrong. I, I have no idea. Um, but currently, actually, it's doing pretty good compared to last time I saw it. It's currently at 114 ratings. Uh, when I last saw it, it was like 80-something um, and when I first saw it, it was even less than that. Uh, this did get a bit of a pickup, uh, thanks to uh, Austin McConnell did a video. I was actually kind of mad because I uh, Cody uh, dropped into my comments and actually suggested this movie of his, and I was like, I will definitely do this. It looks like my jam, but I kept getting uh, bombarded with other stuff to do for the channel, and then Austin fucking McConnell, a video just shows up. Uh, and I'm like, that looks suspiciously like, and sure enough, it was fucking, uh, review slash, like, just general Austin McConnelly video, uh, about, uh, the, ex- the exigency, or the exigency 
and I was very upset. So I was like, you know what? God damn it! I got to get on this train. I, I've already let time be you know ruin things for me. I will not let it happen again. I will not let another Austin McConnell happen. I've got to cover this. So I decided I should cover it with my best bud, uh, Mr. Sean Doyle, because Sean Doyle, uh, you you know something about uh, uh, no budget filmmaking. Um, a and I know something about no budget filmmaking. Uh, we made no budget film together, sir. Uh, I, I've made actually I've made two at this point. Um, also, you know, a little bit with your help on the second one, but more so yeah. on the first one. You were we were basically equal uh, driving forces for the creative direction of that film. Yeah, we we wrote it just together, um, more or less directed it together. Yeah. Um, and I'm in it significantly less than you are. <laughs> you you are, uh, and you show less of yourself, which I think you know is unfair to the viewers. But that's just me. Uh, I don't. <laughs> um, so anyway, we have. Oh my God! There's already how many people we got here? We got seven whole people watching. Hot seven. damn! Seven whole people. Oh my God! Oh my God! This is exciting. This is that's what this is. This is exciting. Anyway, so we're going to talk about the exigency. Um, I guess for those who are unaware, I think the easiest way to start this would just be to show them the trailer. Um, because, good lord, I, I don't know if I can accurately explain to you the visual sense of this film. So let's just start off blind. Um, uh, CA, I will answer that question in a second. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna go, we're gonna go in, uh, and just show you the trailer for this sucker. I'm gonna utilize my stuff. There we go. All right, so let's check this trailer out real quick. Let's just get that, that bean footage going. Well, I just fucked this up. Okay, let's do this. God damn it. Uh, let's do this one more time because I messed what you, up. What'd you do, Michael? Um, well, I have this problem where I hate... Uh, <laughs> I, I absolutely fucking despise uh, the software I use, and it despises me back. And I... Oh, my God. Uh, to answer your question, uh, it's it's truly a hallucinogenic dream come true <laughs> uh i don't god damn it why can't i just <laughs> uh this is great because it's only something that the peep god damn it okay we're gonna just one second i gotta gotta do some stuff or else it's not gonna let me we're already every every week something bad happens god fucking it's just like real life. It's just like real life, where something bad always happens. I don't understand. What did she do? Where I, did the window? I even don't go? know. I don't know where the window went. Okay, we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna add a new monitor uh, source in here because this is this is not working. <laughs> let's uh, add. There we go. All right. So let's. I'm just going to keep it down there, man. I'm just going to keep it down there. A little baby footage. All right, let's do this. Well, that explains a lot. Does this mean I'm half alien? This is a dream. This is a dream. I was the commanding general of the military of Galicia. So I know what you're thinking right there now. There I fought many wars. This We're looks not war great. With the numbers. But I assure you... Diderik has been building an army over the last It is so much decade. more than you can imagine. The hero is back for one last hurrah. <laughs> I'm gonna talk with the king and tell him I'm not fighting in this war. 
and then we're gonna head right back home. I promise. Because of this man, Diamond surrendered many years ago. We made peace. The peace is no more! It seems our only hope is you. I'm no guarantee for victory. Maybe not a guarantee, but a fighting chance. It's not you. The king has lazed around all these years while Diedrich amassed an army right under his nose. Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't we on our way home already, Kyle? You promised. Things are a lot worse than expected. Ah, it's so epic. Ah. We entrust our leaders to do what's right for the people. Not standing idly by, only concerning themselves with what's for dinner. Anger has family now. That is why they won't fight. Kill every one of their soldiers and anyone who stands in our way. Perhaps someone here knows something and isn't speaking up? Inside job, maybe? Yeah, boy, big boy. Exigency, or exigency, or how the fuck you say it, I, I don't know, I'm not, what, what do I look like, an English major, come on. Um, so yeah, uh, that is the trailer, oh shit, that is the trailer for uh, the exigency, or exigency, or whatever you want to call it, um, and it is a film by Cody Vibart, and I love this film, I'm just going to put out my opinion right off the bat, that I love this film, and I, uh, my wife also loved the film. She uh, is is watching the baby, or else she'd be part of this podcast as well. Um, but I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that. Uh, so instead, I got my, my my good bestie here, Sean. And Sean, um, tell the tell the the listeners what you thought of the film. Um, it's complicated. <laughs> I uh, so I've obviously like we've done this kind of thing before like we've we've done low budget film uh like no budget sci-fi and i know that like there is obviously like a ton of passion and dedication that went into this because this is really hard but also it kind of just didn't work for me okay and that ladies and gentlemen ladies and ladies and gentlemen is a uh, conflict because uh, I, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, a little bit more uh, details about just where this film came from. Uh, and uh, all that is man, a.k.a. Brian, uh, in the chat, he says, the trailer doesn't even do the movie justice. The movie is an experience. I think even uh, even though you didn't like it, uh, would you say, what, what do you think? The tra Do you think that, um, would you call the film an experience? Yes. Okay, <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. It is a thing that I experienced, and it, it it's a thing that happened to me. You know, on the plus side, um, no matter what you say, it cannot be worse than some of the things that uh, other critics and commenters have said. Because it gets, uh, it gets, it gets very mean. Oh no! Like I have no intention of being like mean to this movie or, or anybody involved. Like it's, it. I had fun with it. I just didn't like. In the end, I just kind of didn't care for and, it. And to be, and honestly, uh, Cody seems to be fully aware of the flaws. He uh, he put together a trailer that's on his YouTube page uh, that uh, it, it's quoting all the critical consensus that's come in at that point. And one of the uh, comments is, uh, this looks like cancer. Um, that's <laughs> which harsh. It is harsh. Um, but I, I appreciate him uh, putting that in 
you know, a trailer for the film. Uh, so Cody Babar, I'm just going to go over, uh, so he actually has on his website, which, uh, exigencymovie.com, uh, he has a tab that's it's called the making of, and he goes kind of, uh, into the making, uh, I'm just going to skim through and mention a few things here. Uh, so first off, uh, this was, this was all made over the course of roughly 13 years, um, he, he started this in 2006, um, and apparently, according to this, unfortunately, about four of those years were spent on scenes that were either deleted or redone entirely, which is very sad to think about. Um, and then, according to him, it took an, uh, quote, absurd amount of dedication and time to get this film completed. Uh, and basically, he, had to do the enti- he did everything himself, more or less, uh, in a very antiquated bit of software called Poser. Uh, which is basically just a 3D animation software. And there are, uh, and he, he points this out in his behind-the-scenes thing, there are some pre-rendered elements that he added in, which, I mean, I, I'm i shocked there aren't more pre-rendered elements, to be honest, because, holy shit, this seems like a massive pain in the ass. Um, and uh, he uh, also mentions that, uh, let's see... Uh, it's mostly the assets thing I was getting to. Um, so uh, it was originally titled Sleeping Giant. Uh, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just quote this directly. Uh, Back then I had an idea for how the story was going to start, but I didn't know how it was going to develop. After the first two years, I revamped the entire film with upgraded content and software, uh, which I'm very curious to know what the original software looked like. Uh, still, I was running in the dark. My biggest mistake was not having the idea finalized or a plan in place. I spent months animating shots without knowing where I was even going. On top of that, there were countless script revisions after scenes were animated. I went back and completely reanimated them once again, or not once, but sometimes multiple times, uh, which is interesting. That'll actually come up as a point about um, some of the gags in the film, I think, were yeah. kind of built out of that. Um, let's see. It's his third animated feature-length film. The first one took a total of eight months, and the second took 18 months. And his original time frame for the exigency was two to three years, which, you know, you got the years thing right. That's that's something. Um, were the others one? Were the others made in, in Poser? I don't know. It doesn't say. It just says his third animated feature-length film. I assume Poser or something more antiquated. Otherwise, he would probably... Uh, have done have used that more advanced software i would yeah. assume um so he wanted to create something that was quote fun to watch and didn't take itself too seriously uh let's see here uh about, oh, and this is this part is where i really get like in awe um i had all the time in the world to work on this sometimes i'd spend 10 to 15 hours a day animating i would work until 3 a.m and then roll out of bed at 9 a.m to pick up where i left off um he was this was during uh the recession between 2008-2009. Let's see. Even spending six hours on a three-second shot felt good. About six years into the project, I came to a crossroad. Was I willing to invest another X amount of years to get this done? Should I cut my losses and start a new project? We've we've been there. Uh, My motivation fluctuated wildly, but there were plenty of times when I'd work on it, not because I really wanted to, but because I felt like I had to, which, again, feels my brother. Um, Mm -hmm. it wasn't until much later that I decided to divide this into a trilogy rather than investing another 12 years by myself, which very smart. Uh, and that explains, uh, the ending, which, uh, by the way, we will be getting into spoilers for the exigency on this podcast. Uh, I, I don't think it'll get, 
I don't think this will ruin it for you, whether you enjoy the film or not, when you finally watch it, if you finally watch it. I don't think that spoilers would ruin this for someone. I think partly because the plot really isn't that complicated, right? No, it's it's definitely not. And I think that like most of... I, it seems like a lot of the enjoyment that people are deriving from this... Uh, is is from the gags more than more than anything um i don't i mean like that's not exclusively it but i have no idea where to look right now it's oh you don't have to look anywhere um you can look at uh, me you can look at your face there's but, all kinds of stuff to look yeah, at yeah it's uh there there's not there's not a ton of plot here it's definitely a first act yeah yeah i think that's that's the big if I like, I'm I have pros and cons for the movie. I think that's one I'm, I'm definitely put in the con category. It definitely doesn't feel like uh, this is. I, th- I think if you if this was a big budget movie, uh, you would end it going, oh, so they're just setting up the trilogy. I get it. Yeah. Um, but there is something to it not being a big budget movie that, that helps. Uh, regarding uh, the question, uh, I think it was C. A. Hall, maybe I don't remember. Um, what's it like to co-direct a movie? Yeah. Uh, it's it's. I would say it's humbling, it's sometimes frustrating, but it's also very rewarding to co-direct a movie. Um, I I definitely, like looking back, I think there are some ideas that I had that I wish I'd pushed harder for, but at the same time, uh, there are a lot of ideas I had that you said weren't going to work, and looking back, you were 100% correct. Um, and... Probably vice versa. I don't really. Um, yeah, I feel I feel pretty much the same about it. Like a, a lot of a lot of the co-direction, I feel like was us sort of like checking and balancing each other, um, especially with something like Fatal Future. Like we like we walked a very fine line with the tone there. And I think that we sort of evened each other out pretty yeah. thoroughly. Um, so I want to I want to start uh, with first off a uh, huge I, I just to I, I, we've kind of gone over this a little bit already, but huge, huge congrats to Cody Vibart for actually getting this done. Oh, absolutely. I am in awe of the fact that you made this more or less by yourself. Um, you know, no matter what either of us says in this video, we haven't talked about this beforehand. It was literally just, hey, Sean, watch this movie and come on my podcast. And then he did it, and now he's here, and now we're talking. That's um, what happened. So I, and I, I know, all I know is that Sean was not a big fan, but I think that we both agree that this was an amazing accomplishment. And I don't know about you, Sean, but I'm very intrigued to see what Exigency 2 looks like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am too. Um, so let's uh, let's just dig in. So first off, um, Sean, would you like some grapes? No, thank you. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's oh, just... right. Yes, the grapes. <laughs> Jesus. Would you like some grapes? Um, so I just want to... First, you, you mentioned the gags as being a big part of the, uh, I, I guess, success in people's minds of the film. And I have other uh, things that I consider successful about the film, but uh, I... Personally, I, I do agree that the gags are fantastic. Um, when the movie starts, you kind of, like it, it's a good probably like five minutes of just getting used to the animation. Because the animation, uh, if you're just listening, you didn't see the trailer, uh, check out the trailer. It is very rough animation. Um, it's it's like it it's it's 2003 era 
Xbox PS2 cinematic like level. Yeah, I mean it looks like maybe like <clears throat> a Halo cutscene. Um a lot of that, it looks a lot like a Halo cutscene, yes. Um and uh let's see, we had a chat. Uh so Brian, all that is man, he uh he mentioned um his thoughts because he actually watched the film today. Uh, he said, I have one con about the movie is the pacing. I think it could have been trimmed 25 minutes would have helped. The pro is definitely the gags and the action. Um, oh, and Cody is, uh, Cody Vibart is in the chat. That's not uh, horrifying at all. Oh, boy. Yeah. Hi, Cody. Not that I, w- I was expecting this guy to because, I mean, we, we follow each other on Twitter and uh, he um, was the one that suggested in my YouTube comments. Uh, so, hi, Cody. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, the gags. I, I think the moment I realized what, cause I wasn't sure, I didn't know this would be such a funny movie. Um, I was banking more on it being like a charmingly, um, not inept, but that kind of like, this isn't what a real movie looks like, feel, whatever you would call that. Um, and then there's a point where our main guy, Kyle, uh, he uh, he goes by another name, but he prefers Kyle. Uh, our main guy, Kyle, he's called to his boss's office, and his boss, like, it's 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 an awkward scene. The boss is like handing him a cigar, but they're like the table, the desk is too big between them, mm-hmm. and there's like this bit of physical comedy, and you're like, okay, well, wait a second, what's going on here? Yeah, he's dr- the boss is like drinking. He offers him a drink out of a flask that keeps changing sizes. Yeah, um, it, like I think the like was well, like. Uh, the thing, like something that I found very jarring because I didn't, I, I watched the trailer and the trailer is pretty straightforward. It's pretty serious. Um, it's got some humor in it, but it's uh, like, it's, it's a pretty like straightforward, straight laced thing. And the movie for the first like five minutes is too, like all of the establishing stuff of uh, Kyle, like giving that $20 to Lieutenant Dan in front of the bank and, um, you know, like going in and sort of like interacting with his coworkers. And then he gets called up to the main office and the boss is lobbing golf balls out of his window and he hits a woman, like an old lady square (laughs) in the forehead. And at that point it was like, okay, I don't know what this is. I was not expecting this turn. Um, yeah, I, um, so I, yeah, that was the, the golf ball in the woman's face was the moment where I was like, okay, this guy, I don't know what his intentions were starting off with this movie, mm -hmm. but he knows full well what he's doing. This is not, uh, someone this is not a, say, birdemic where, uh, it's totally unintentional, which, you know, is fine by me. Uh, I think there is a, a point where things go from delightfully bad to downright sad, not to rhyme. Uh, Bird, for me, Birdemic is the one is the movie is like the bar where things get sad, and so I always get concerned that a movie's going to go in that direction mm-hmm. and just make me feel uncomfortable. Um, but when that golf ball hit the lady in the face, I was like, okay. And the most important thing uh, is that the golf ball stays in her face, like it is lodged in between her eyes. He, he, Mr. Valentino definitely stone cold murdered that woman. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but she just kept walking. She was like that story. I don't know if you remember the story of the old lady who got a knife stabbed in her back and just like continued about her day. 
um, and didn't notice the entire day that there was a knife just stuck in her back. Um, that was <laughs> the first time. I can't say that I've ever heard of that one. No. It's an old story. It's an, it's it's fun. Um, so yeah, uh, I I honestly feel I feel dumb for putting this off for so long. Uh, Lance just joined us. Uh, the Exigency, which uh, I don't even think we mentioned, the Exigency is available on Amazon Prime. Uh, you can, as long as you have Prime, you can watch it for free. Uh, I don't believe it's available in any physical release, but you, Cody, you give me that DVD and/or Blu-ray with a with a director's commentary, motherfucker. I'm buying it day one. So you you get on that jazz, yo. Or if it's available already, tell me in the comments, and I I will uh, I will buy it now i guess and and t tell people to buy it you're like yo guys buy this movie um so let's see uh professor alita mcfly uh i'm willing to bet not their real name uh but could be actually i don't know i don't know uh i am so happy people are finding this movie i love prime video because it has so many weird interesting and obscure movies i saw it soon after it came out on the platform then we got the Austin video. Yeah, I think um, I'm glad that Austin McConnell, like I'm, this this channel is small, very few people care. The people that care, like really care, but it's a very small group of people who make up the keen cults. And uh, I, uh, <laughs> I'm i glad that a platform with millions of viewers like Austin McConnell's uh, did a video about this because uh, A, great exposure, and B, it, it it busted me in the ass to finally get on this, uh, and and mostly out of uh, anger because I'm a very angry man. Um, so um, anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, so th the way the story goes is he Kyle is getting a big promotion. Uh, oh, Cody just said it'll be ready early October. So oh nice, uh, yeah, sweet. All right, I'll I'll pick that up. Uh, and then I'll, I don't know, we'll do a bigger, actually the main reason I didn't do a, a full on review is I don't, uh, like dealing with getting video from Amazon <laughs> Fair. just to do my videos. Uh, so to have a physical copy would be, would be great for me. Um, but, uh, so, uh, Kyle gets promotion. Uh, his boss lodges a golf ball in a woman's face and then, uh, <laughs> aliens show up and we get... Not not gonna just gonna straight out say it. A pretty fucking good action scene. What what did you think of this initial action scene, Sean? Uh, well, um, I think that I think a lot of the stuff with Kyle was good. Um, the I don't know. See, I was I was still like I was still really trying to feel out like the tone and and how I felt about like everything that was happening during this this initial sequence. So like a lot of the stuff that was happening with like the cops outside I found very jarring. But a lot of the stuff that was going on with Kyle in the building being shot at and sort of being chased as he like falls through walls and floors. I I thought that was really good. I liked that you a mean, lot. You mean like the uh, the comedy of the cops or Yeah, like it was just it's very silly. Like what? Yeah, what like the, on like the, the one like silly. the one guy comes up and he just like he he seems to only speak Spanish. Yeah, and they're making like these almost um, like uh, as if the um, police chief or whoever I don't remember like what his rank is, but um, the main cop. Uh, he he, it's this like weird sort of like I don't understand what you're saying gag. Basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it it is jarring because. 
up to this point, you really only have had the uh, the golf ball incident to really give you an idea of where this movie's coming from tonally. And then aliens show up, start the, the boss is m- brutally killed. I, assume. I presumably. Uh, and suddenly Kyle is running through this building. He's falling through fl- through ceilings. Uh, he's jumping out of the building. He's doing all kinds of crazy shit. Um, and these cops are kind of doing a bit outside. At one point, the cop just like grabs an oversized hat out of nowhere and starts wearing it. Oh yeah, he like he gets it off of like the lady state trooper. Yeah. Uh, and he just like wears it sort of askew for the rest of the scene, and it's it was very weird because I missed the moment where he actually got it. Yeah, I so I saw him like get, take the hat, and I was just like, I I, I think I here, here's here's the disconnect for me with this movie. And again, I loved it, um, but I, there was a slight disconnect, and that disconnect is I don't know exactly how much of this was intentionally funny versus uh, just wound up funny. I think that if, you, if you're if you Cody and you're spending over a decade working on this, then chances are, I assume, starts off fairly serious with some light comedy, and then the realization dawns at some point, oh, this is not going to look great to most people. Uh let's just go with it and enjoy the comedy. Cause I feel like as the movie goes along, you still get that comedic flavor, but m- like the earth stuff, which is fairly short. It's like mm, 10, 15 minutes um, of the, of the plot out of a, basically a two hour movie uh, is very silly. Um, and there's still like the, the action is very well thought out. The, the, all the action in this film, in my opinion is um, if you, if you replaced it, with live action or um, really high-end CGI. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff in here that would look... Uh, that Like, if you saw it in a, a big-budget movie that was, you know, like, live action or... Uh, you would... it would You would be really impressed by it, I think. Like, yeah. There's, like, it's really well-composed for the most part. Yeah, like, the camera's some... always moving. It's very um, dynamic. Mm-hmm. It, like, if there's... Like, seriously, someone needs to give this guy a fuckload of money because he knows how to compose a scene. Uh, this whole film, I, I would say, is, you know, as I, I think I mentioned, I have some pacing issues, but uh, overall, like, it feels, if you just, if you get, if you get used to the um, effects and you ignore, like, the gags that are kind of predicated on the effects, um, you, it, it feels like a big budget, like, it could almost be like, an animatic, like a very big budget animatic mm-hmm. um, for a major Hollywood release, uh, including the voice acting. Like the voice acting is really great. There's some uh, some some are less er than others. You can tell that he, you know, is trying. He, like he doesn't have like just a stable of um, high quality voice talent. But m- the va- I would say the vast majority of the voice talent is really solid. Um, and I would say the worst voice talent is at least entertainingly um, uh, janky. Uh, yeah. We're going to have a brief bark break while the dog Dog freaking yells. out out there. Yeah, he does that. Um, cool. Cool. Um, uh, so uh, let's see here. Um so yeah, so the, the we, we have all this uh, high-quality voice talent 
for the most part. And I, I was surprised, like, um, the guy, like, a lot of these guys don't do a lot of voice work. Um, I think the one that surprised me the most was, um, I'm, I'm so bad with the names in this movie, uh, the main villain, uh, uh, Diedrich. Uh, he, his voice, like, I thought was really good. I thought he had a really great kind of melodramatic uh, villain's voice. Uh, it sounded like something you would hear in a modern video game, maybe, or, you know, something, you know, not necessarily like Hollywood tier, but it felt like a proper yeah. voice actor doing the voice. And I, w- I went to his IMDb page and it had like one other credit. And yeah. I like, like I, I, I mean, happen? I didn't, I didn't look at IMDb. I, I, I scrolled through the, the cast on, I think letterboxd and, um, like uh, most of them don't have other credits listed, uh, at least not there. Uh, I think like the one, the one main one was the uh, the guy who plays uh, Kyle's brother is also credited as being in the um, beautifully named Christian film The Overcomer. Oh God, I love The Overcomer. Uh, that's the greatest. That uh, by the way, if you haven't seen The Overcomer, uh, I'm not going to suggest it because I never watched it. But uh, just to look at it is really to look at the poster because it's called The Overcomer and. Uh, I think we all know where our minds go because we are awful, uh, unchristian heathens who find the word "overcomer" really funny. It, um, is, it is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so uh, the exigency. Um, so the whole Earth sequence get this huge action, and we're introduced to Kyle's family. Uh, we get his wife, who's probably the least interesting family member. We get his daughter, and we get his son. And his oh son's boy. name is Timmy. And Timmy is my favorite. Timmy has the face of a Chucky doll and the voice of a 40-year-old Virginia Beach meth head. <laughs> um, yeah, I. <laughs> Timmy's weird. Because Timmy uh, is the one character where I'm like, there is no way this was not attempting to be outrageously off. Uh, Timmy does not sound like a child. He looks horrifying. Um, but he is, I would say, despite the voice being wrong, perfectly acted and has oh, yeah. the funniest lines and funniest moments in the film. So he'll just be in the background of a shot doing stuff. And he is fantastic. He is comedy gold, uh, throughout this film. And, and what I was trying to get to, uh, with all these little bits and bobs is when I was in this first 15 minutes and we hadn't gotten to Galicia yet um i thought this i thought this was trying to be like fatal future i mean not like that he had seen it obviously he'd been working on it for long before yes but it felt like someone was doing something similar to what we were doing um and just going a bit further on the joke side of things um and for those who haven't seen fatal future uh basically we tried to make a film that was uh meant to be a film made by a fictional director who was much like a Neil Breen type. And so it's a comedy, but it's a very straight, um, or it plays it very straight and it's meant to be a very dry sense of humor. And I felt like this was someone trying to do something similar with, uh, you know, kind of ratchet, uh, graphics and an outlandish plot. And the first 15 minutes, it really felt that way. Yeah, especially with, like, the bus sequence and everything. Yeah, the bus sequence, I think, is, is the one where I was just like, this is, this, we can't take this seriously. Because there's the bit where Kyle, um, he, uh, I think he says, or, like, the wife says that they, they need to get the bus to stop. And he says there's no time. 
And so he decides to jump through the windshield of the bus to get his kids off the bus into the car. And then they promptly all crash. And most of that action sequence was basically pointless. Um, yeah. Aside from giving us some sweet action. Um, and so to have all these elements at play, it felt like a very uh, intentional comedy. But then we leave Earth. And basically what happens is Kyle and his family, uh, it looks like they're abducted. Uh, but then it turns out that some people from another planet called Galesha uh, have taken Kyle and his family in order to uh, get Kyle's help because he was once a great general for this alien world, uh, which I guess seeded Earth at some point. Um Right? Is that, yeah, like yeah. It, it, it's sort of it's sort of described as like either Galesha or another planet from before Galesha dropped, sort of seeded all of these other planets with human life, um, which is maybe why we don't see more like overt aliens. Yeah, um, which I mean, smart. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so then, all right, uh, and I want to kind of just get through the general plot so that everybody has like a, a basis for this. Um, conversation so we get to galesha uh after a very entertaining uh space ride oh that is that the the that that section has my favorite gag in the entire movie i think i know which one it is what is it it's the one where the pilot is watching timmy fire off the lasers over and over again and fantasizes about ejecting him into space yes uh that is one of the best gags in the in the film uh, basically, I mean, anything with Timmy's great, but, uh, Timmy and I don't remember the co-pilot's name, but he's also, he's also really good. Yeah. Uh, basically everyone we meet in the first little chunk is great. Um, so then, uh, we, um, we get to Galesha, we meet the king who is a total slob and he probably has the, I don't even dislike his voice. I think his, his is the voice that goes with everything the least, um, but he's also really funny, so it's kind of a trade-off. But he's the most janky-looking character of the bunch. He has like this very—actually, um, I can I can bring this up. His arms are way too short, right? His arms are way too short. Here, let's get a quick look at this. Is this is the king, Sans clothes? Um, yeah, this is so. This his name is Sargon, uh, which Cody, I gotta say, probably the least. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, subtle naming in the entire film uh so sargon he doesn't look great he's kind of fat i'm glad that he's the king and he needs to have a name tag on his robes <laughs> uh and he you know he looks like henry zabrowski that's what he looks like he looks like bald henry zabrowski uh from last podcast on the left look at that look at that guy that guy would totally be played by henry zabrowski in a movie uh or seth rogan if it was like a really big budget one and they got him to Gates with that weight back, um, but yeah, this is uh, this is our king Sargon. Um, now, versus our hero Kyle, who looks pretty good. Uh, here he is in flashback, looking pretty good. And then uh, we have the king and his his weird stubby arms. Uh, and I I love the king. I could never tell if he was supposed to be a good guy or a bad guy, but I love him. And I assume that was the point. Yeah, I think he's just supposed to be sort of like unilaterally dumb. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, meets the king and it turns out that they're having a serious problem with, uh, a, a menace 
uh, and it's basically this um, army of guys uh, led by uh, oh fuck, what's his name again? I totally Diedrich. Diedrich. Um and Diedrich is this like villainous man with a scar uh, who uh, base what we're led to understand. Uh, Kyle, when he was this great general, he started a fight with Diedrich and is in a way sort of responsible for what's happening now. Uh, and the, uh, the, the, the planet wants his help. Yeah. It's, I mean, like he, he, he has a flashback where he tells his wife about how he went to Diedrich's planet and actively like beat him up and antagonized him into starting a war. And then he retired to earth and is super shitty in general about being brought back yeah, to he, deal with this mess that he made. So yeah, so basically he 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 let the whole being a, a great uh, general and warlord get to him and he became a bit of a douche, realized his mistakes and kind of just got out while the getting was yeah. good. Which is a bit of a character flaw which I assume we're going to hear more about in the sequels. Uh, and so he basically the entire movie from that point on is just him deciding whether or not he wants to take his family, get back to earth, uh, or help. Or if there is like some thing to do that's in between there. Uh, and eventually he is forced to help, uh, because of his family. Uh, and we end on a cliffhanger, uh, after a rollicking good action sequence, that, uh, frankly, blew my fucking mind as far as, like, one guy hand, you know, animating this in very old software. I was I was shocked at how good this uh, big finale action sequence was. It takes, like, I mean, it feels like it's, like, a 20-minute action sequence. Oh, I, I yeah, I, I would say it's probably at least, like, the last quarter of the movie. Yeah. Um, now, up until that point, I would say that it is a film that drags a little bit in the middle. Um, as far as pacing, yeah. I didn't have, like, a serious problem with the pacing. I don't think it ever... Like, I feel like our movie has worse pacing than this movie it does. It definitely does at certain points. <laughs> um, I, I, but again, like, I, I... Again, I think it's, I think it does sort of have that same sort of... A little bit of an issue at, that Fatal Future does, where um, the stuff that goes on for a really long time is the stuff that's being narrated, and it's not that compelling... Like mm. all of Kyle's like flashback sequence is narrated, and it just goes on forever. Yeah, his training with uh, old man Mickey Rourke. Yeah, in Sin City. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you know how I feel about that eight-page monologue that I wrote for the old master that we didn't <laughs> cut at all, and I had to read all of those lines. Yeah, if you uh, if you've seen Fatal Future, you probably know the worst part of the movie is. Uh, is the old masters monologuing at my character um, forever, uh, which I kept in because I thought it was funny that it was so boring. But now that I've had to watch the movie with people so many times, I go back and reconsider my thought process on that a little bit. I'm still furious that I'm the only person that actually had to learn my lines. Well, you know what? You're bl you were blind. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, back to the movie at hand, though. Uh, so yeah, so pacing is a bit of an issue. Uh, how, how big of an issue for that? It, it was that for you? I, it's hard. I'm having, a, I, so I'm, I'm in general having a hard time lately watching things that are over two hours long. Uh, I think we talked about this a little bit the other day. Um, just you and me chatting, but I, I, I've 
begun I, I maybe it's just the the sheer quantity of stuff that I'm watching in quarantine where I I'm I'm sort of tired of spending so much time with things um I so I, I did have kind of a hard time with the fact that it, it does drag in places like I, I wanted it to be trimmed a little bit more um it, I like it wasn't by any means like a deal breaker um Okay, so I don't I, I don't know that it made the movie better or worse for me. It was just you know part of the movie. Okay, so I think yeah, so we could probably both say that the film could be trimmed a little bit, but not the worst thing about the film. Um, actually, no. I would say probably for me it's the worst thing about the film because I had a fucking great time. But um, I could you know I felt it uh, during that that uh, flashback sequence, and then there's just a little bit of them like learning about Galesha, where I was just like. Cool. It's an alien world. That's great. Let's 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 keep going, guys. Um, just because you know it's it's a surprisingly pretty world. Yeah. But it just feels like another pretty alien world, um, which you know is fine. But it I've seen it before many times, um, and by default it usually looks better just because of you know the the innate issue of the film's animation. Um, but it looks pretty good here. Uh, and there's some yeah, interesting a, details. I feel like it could have gone a little weirder with the uh, kind of mythology of everything. Uh, the world building is not bland per se, but it's it, it's nothing new. There's nothing exciting uh, uh, about the world building that really separates it from any other type of world building. There are many ways in which it feels a lot like uh, like a sort of one of those sort of like generic we're going to be here for 15 minutes um like garden worlds from a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's like the, it, the especially yeah. like the the sequel trilogy era. Yeah, um, I, I I would agree with that. Um so uh, I guess, you know, um when I look at my notes, my notes are mostly just like haha notes where it's like uh just quotes like um those are binoculars you fool. I picked the wrong day to skip my son's wedding is a great gag. Um, get your sister and jump in the car. Uh, the fact that the space map on their uh, ship says you are here. Yeah. Um, the eject button gag. Um, also, just like little details uh, really stuck with me. Uh, I, I wrote here that the director has an eye for details. Uh, specifically, like uh, when Kyle is going up for his meeting with his boss he uh, pops some mints in his mouth. Yeah, there are a lot of little movements and uh, like grace notes in the animation that, you know, like they're, they're as janky as everything else in this movie looks, but they they are the kind of thing that it really shows off that somebody like put care into this and considered what they were doing. Um, and they bothered to actually let their characters move and do things when it wasn't entirely conducive to the plot. Yeah, I think that's... Um, um, and this might this might have led to you know the whole it taking forever to make the movie is there's a lot of little details there's a lot of movement um, you know there's uh, like when when Kyle is uh, racing uh, through town in the opening action sequence uh, he the car I think like goes over like a hill or something and he hits his face on the steering wheel and honks the horn um, and then later on when they're at the museum of Galesha. Uh, the kids are like fucking around in the background and doing stuff and running around. Um, Sargon at one point picks up a, a donut in the hot tub, 
so all kinds of Timmy, oh Casey Timmy points. constantly playing with the fucking musical bubbles. Yeah, Timmy constantly playing with the musical bubbles. Uh, Casey just pointed out in the chat uh, she really appreciated that Melissa, the wife, was wearing a cable knit sweater. Um, where it, it could just was she? Yeah. Uh, so there's there's textures in the film too uh, that are not necessary if you're going for a bad look, you know. Yeah. Um, like there at any point, Cody could have just said, well. This is going to look like garbage. I can be a little lazy here and there. But it doesn't really feel like anything was lazy. No, and, like, there are actually sequences that do look really good. Um, like the, especially towards the end, like the the final the final set of action sequences from, like, the moment that uh, Diedrich's forces crash the reception up until the conclusion, like, for the most part, looks really good. Like, the especially the... The scene of him, uh, a scene of him running around and, or did I say Alex or, I don't know, what, I don't whatever, know. Kyle, um, especially like the sequence of him sort of like stealthing through that like foggy temple area and, and taking out all those guys. Um, like there, there's some stuff, like there's some stuff in this that looks really nice. Yeah, I mean, it's... You, you can't say that Cody was lazy. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, so I... Yeah, I, I don't know that I really had any serious issues other than the pacing. So I guess I'd like to know from you, like, what was what was really... What, what stopped this from really clicking with you? I think... Maybe, I think the biggest, and I, I wrote this down, and I, I'm sort of like going back and forth on how I feel about it because I've I've spent like three or four days with the movie now, and I've I've been thinking about it, but I I kind of wanted I I kind of wish that it had a little bit more consistent of a tone. Okay. Um, like there are parts that are really gaggy. And the gags are good, but like they're counterweighted with these sections that are really serious and straight laced, like action and monologues. Um, and there is definitely sort of like a disparity, and I think that a lot of this comes from the way that the film was made. Um, there is a disparity in like the quality of some of the models and the texture work. And I did, if it had gone all the way through looking one way I think it might have worked better for me but like as it was there was a little bit of that like I'm, I'm sitting there watching I was like oh okay so this was definitely made towards the end because the like there's a lot better texture work here versus this which is much like you know like this character model was obviously designed much earlier on because he does not fit in with this at all um <laughs> I get that. I, I and you know what? I even I, I I did make a note that um, the gags they, they get fewer and far between. Yeah. Um. And I and like anytime aside from the opening, um, anytime there's an action sequence, it does feel like the gags stop exist. Like it stops being funny. I think that this went through like a very. I mean, and like when you you reading off the fact that this went through significant rewrites during production and, um, and like retoolings, I think. Like uh, I, I did feel that this this was something that went through a dramatic shift in tone somewhere in production. 
Um, and I think that's completely natural. Like, I think that makes a ton of sense because if you're spending like 13 years making something that's super serious, you're going to get real bored with it because you're not having any fun with it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's weird. Like it, it, there's that issue that we struggled with where, you know, when does it stop being a gag and just start becoming a bad movie? Yeah. Um, what does it mean to do something that's bad on purpose versus by accident? You know, if it comes out to the same conclusion, is there a problem with it being uh, intentional? Uh, that's kind of this kind of stuff we toyed with a lot in Pale Future. And I think that for me, either which way, uh, if if Cody was 100% self, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Self- um, Self-aware. Self-aware, thank you. Uh, this is why I keep you around, Sean, because I'm bad at words. Uh, <laughs> if he was 100% self-aware uh, and made this same movie, would it be any different from him being more or less completely uh, just um, uh, removed from how normal human logic works? If he had made the same movie, it's still this very outrageous, silly uh borderline experimental piece of work that for me works really well as a comedy when it's being a comedy mm -hmm. um, works really well as an action movie when it's being an action movie. And then in between gets a little slowed down when it's not doing either. Um, but I feel like it's, it's the, both of those elements are sprinkled in so much that it never becomes an issue. Um, and in a way it's covering up, uh, the fl the the flaws in Cody's um, presentation, which is you know I mean that's what most filmmakers do is they'll you know cover up what they're not good at by doing what they're good at, which yeah. is how most humans do most things. Exactly. Um, so for me, I, I I really think that you know I I think that he he had to have known, especially when you God there's the dog again. Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't think that this is, uh, I don't, I, I did not get the impression that anything here was unintentional. Um, I think that this was somebody working on something that they really believed in with technical limitations. That dog is really mad at something. He hates, he hates whatever that is outside. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, it feels like he's self-aware. I just, I'm, I'm struggling with figuring out like how self-aware he is. You know what I mean? Um, like I, I, I feel like 90% of the movie is self-aware and then there's like 10% peeking through. That's not quite there, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't and, I don't, it's hard and, to and say. like, and, and that could, that could be partially because, you know, it, it took so long to make this. That it evolved over time. Yeah. I mean, like we, like we we're doing things very differently on the end of fatal futures production than we were at the beginning. And like, that was only a gap of like 10 months. Yeah, that's true. Um, I can't, yeah, I can't imagine how much a project has to evolve. If you're like in the process of making it for 13, 14 years, yeah. that's, that's insane. Um, and it's, you know what? It's better than boyhood. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, 
I guess, Sean, like talking about it, does that change your like? What's your final like? What's your what's your final like prognosis of this film? Like just your, like just be as raw about it as you want. What's your how do you feel about this movie? I wish that I had watched it with people. Okay. Like I wish that I had gotten to watch it with like you and Casey, because I think that this is the kind of thing that if you're sitting there with somebody else and you can both laugh at it and enjoy it, um, then it's going to work better for you. Um, you're going to maybe look a little bit less at the seams. Whereas I was sitting alone in my apartment watching this thing at like three in the afternoon on a Wednesday. And I was just like, okay, here's a note. Here's a note. Um, Right, I guess yeah, th- um, and that's that's actually that's a lot like our movie. Yeah, uh, it seems like anytime someone watches uh, Fatal Future by themselves, I, I hate to keep bringing up Fatal Future, but I would be fucking miserable if I watched Fatal Future alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is like a, I I felt a spiritual connection to this film. Yeah, thanks to making Fatal Future and the head to a degree, um, and. It, it it yeah. Uh, Brian just said in the chat, uh, it's definitely a watch party movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have um, my own category of movies uh, that I refer to often, and they are party movies. And a party movie is a movie that probably doesn't work too well on its like just when you're by yourself, like poor Sean was. Uh, but it's a movie that when you have more people, seemingly like the more people that are there, the better it gets. Um, in in our case. Uh, we've had a lot of reviews that are very negative from people who did not watch the movie under the right circumstances who fucking hated it. But then, uh, it showed, uh, I guess three years in a row now, uh, no, two years in a row. That doesn't make any sense. No, it's three, yeah, three, three years. Okay. Uh, all right. 2018, 2019, 2020. Um, I can do math. Uh, but it's shown three times at dragon con in Atlanta, I guess on the internet this year, but anyway, yeah. um, and that's like a shitload of people watching it. And those people enjoyed it much more than the people who who watched it by themselves. Um, and I feel like that's totally how the exigency needs to be seen. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, I should point out. No, there's not at all. There's absolutely nothing wrong with a movie being a party movie. Uh, it does not make it a bad movie. It just makes it a certain type of movie. And the beauty of cinema, uh, and this is something I try to get through uh, as part of my channel all the time, is that every movie should be taken for what it is. And if a movie presents itself as something that is a great time with friends, then, you know, you you shouldn't be saying, well, this movie's no fun when I'm by myself. So it's a bad movie. Um, It's more that it's just a party movie. Yeah, like I, like I I would never want to watch Cats alone. (laughs) Uh, I I love watching Cats alone. I'll bet you do, Michael. Um, I would I like one of the best theater experiences that I've had in like the last three years was seeing the like the absolute garbage fire Matthew McConaughey movie Serenity. And I saw it in a theater with like three complete strangers. There were only four of us in the theater to see the movie. And like it was transcendent getting to see it with those people because we all like met each other. (laughs) 
in the middle of this thing. And um, we like we had this shared experience. And I mean, like this, this like goes down the entire scale of film, like everything from like seeing big Marvel movies and Star Wars movies on opening night and like having everybody applaud every 15 minutes down to seeing something really awful and goofy with five human beings like I I am firmly of the belief that cinema is a collective experience and we you know movies are better when we watch them together um so yeah like this is 100% I think a movie that I would have probably enjoyed a lot more if I had watched it with people because I like it a lot more sitting here and talking about it with you than I did when I was watching it okay I'm glad I could I could I could move the uh, scale a little bit for you just by yeah. bringing you here um, to my cramped office. Uh, so yeah, um, I I think one more not even it's not even a con, but one thing that is a little frustrating with this movie um, is that it is when you actually like say the plot out loud, not a whole lot happens in this film. It is for the most part, just set up for whatever the story is supposed to be. Yeah, it's completely devoid of an ending. And I feel like with all the passion that Cody put into this, there's no way that there's not a ton that we have yet to see. I feel like mm-hmm. this is all leading... I think that kind of comes into like my issues with uh, the kind of generic alien world and uh, stuff like that where there's something here that if I see the entire production uh, as a whole, the whole trilogy... Um, then I will have much more appreciation for this film. My only concern is what gets left out when you make it a better quality production. Because I know that on his um, uh, making of tab on the website, he mentions that he's working with more people this time for the sequel. And my concern is a good, healthy chunk of the enjoyment factor is the kind of janky animation. Yeah, um, it's it it sort of it sort of runs the risk of becoming the gap between a birdemic and a birdemic too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and actually, oh, that's actually a good point. I didn't even think about is that what about uh, if he goes too far into the self awareness? Because this one feels just the right amount of self aware. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like, you know, it definitely it didn't feel like he was trying to do what we did as far as. Um, making it impossible like totally blurring the line yeah um but it definitely is just enough self-aware where it doesn't get too meta um and i'm i am hopeful that he just sticks with whatever script he had before and just goes the more or less the exact same route but with more people helping him get shit done yeah um because i would i am fine with it like the sequel looking the same as this Um, oh i would be disappointed if it didn't yeah, I, I, and hey, Cody, Cody, um, I'm going to be real with you right now. Uh, this is not me at my best moment. Uh, if you need any additional voice acting in the next installment, like, I know you got a pretty high standard you got going on. Yeah, man. Um, but, like, you know, I, I can, I can, I can definitely, I can, I can do a lot of things with my uh, voice. I don't know what I'm doing right now, but, uh, you know, I, I'm just saying that, um, you know, I really respect your work, and uh, if you wanted to give me an audition for anything, I know you're in the middle of production, but I just really, uh, really I'd really like uh, like a job um, for free. I would do it for free. Uh, I say a job, I, a gig, you know, uh, 
donation. Just oh god, I just oh man, the exigency trilogy is that's calling to me, man. I can just, I can feel it. I, you want me to be a, be, a, be a teapot? I can be a teapot. You want me to be a velociraptor? I can be a velociraptor. You want me to be uh, Abraham Lincoln? Be a velociraptor. It's it's solid. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, I'm very excited for the sequel. I I'm legitimately cannot wait. Like I am pumped. I don't know when it's going to come out. I'm assuming that he has no idea at the moment, but uh, I am I am pumped for that potential. I'm horrified at the at the possibility that it could go off the rails, but it could also go off the rails in the other direction. It could do what I kind of hoped this movie would do and get super complicated. Yeah. While also maintaining everything else that's great about it, because that's the only thing is I really wish the plot had been like overly convoluted. I would have enjoyed that so much, just like a lot. Oh, Cody just said totally come aboard. Fuck yeah! Oh yes, yes, yes. My pit stains. Yeah. Cody, does that go for both of us? <laughs> I I can do a lot of I do a lot of voice work for for Dungeons and Dragons stuff, and um, I can. You know, we've we've only experimented with the testing on audio today, but I can do this one real well. Oh my god, um, I don't know how those levels sounded, but that's that's okay. Oh, they were awful, Michael. Oh yeah, you're hitting the red, hitting the red, something fierce. Um, so uh, yeah, um, I think yeah. No matter what, uh, and I know this conversation has been like all over the place. Um, again, there's not much to go into in the plot. Uh, we could have probably talked more about how awesome Timmy is. Timmy's great. All day. Uh, Timmy all day. I love Timmy so much. Um, Didn't even mention the fact that he wears a, a shirt that just says the word pimp on it the, for the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know what? Timmy's a pimp. So I, I, I got to say, that's uh, that, that's that's tr- truth in advertising uh, with Timmy. Um, I... I like I like I like Dietrich uh, quite a bit, even though I can't yeah. keep seeing his name. He doesn't he doesn't have a whole lot of screen time, but he is fun. Yeah, like I was I was a little worried when I first saw him because he has that very generic villain scar. Mm-hmm. But he's like between the voice actor and just the way he's so like he's so straight. There's nothing parody about this character. No. He's just straight up, just I am a villain, and that's what he is. Period. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. I like that there. I, I like when movies don't try to add humor to every little aspect of something. Um, it it drives me. N- Marvel does this a lot, where they'll like add humor in places just because I guess they think a joke needs to be there. Um, which you know, this is a movie that did need some humor in some places, I guess. But certain characters just shouldn't have humor uh, attached to them. They should be just total seriousness because then it adds it creates a good contrast with the humor around them so Diedrich is great in that way and then on the opposite side of that the king uh sargon is so good good lord he's such a like hedonistic little just the the first time he gets on his little mobility scooter for no reason at all (laughs) he just like he's walking around and doing everything like he like he's just and then and then he has to cross a large room. And I don't know if that was a conscious choice because you just didn't want to animate him walking that long or what, but Oh my god. Um let's see, we didn't talk we only briefly mentioned uh Mickey Rourke in Sin City looking dude, uh who is the mentor character who dies peacefully in his sleep. Um which I feel like there has to be a lot more concerning him in the sequels. 
uh, I would assume. I just, Otherwise, he's very pointless. I love that it's treated as a bummer that he died peacefully in his sleep at old age. He could have died a warrior. He could have he been somebody. But he died peacefully asleep like a total pansy. Not tearing out the throat and gizzard of an enemy combatant. Um, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, uh, there's other... Pe- um, Bumbo is a weird character who's just very awkward in every scene he's in. He's a very minor character, but Bumbo, I remember just being very like, who the fuck is this guy? Cool, cool, yeah. I need more of this guy. I need more Bumbo in my life. Um, is he like the, the advisor? I think he was an advisor. I honestly don't know what his role was. <laughs> I just know he was there um, as part of the king's general shit. Um, but, uh, and I, I really, I can't say enough good things about that action sequence at the end. Yeah. With the giant monster. Uh, it's wild. There's like a body horror uh, aspect to it. Uh, there's a ton of flying car chases going all over this world. Some of it looks great. Some of it looks awful but it all works and that's the important thing and it all feels dynamic and wild and goddamn I just my greatest regret is that I did not find time to watch the movie a second time for this podcast so I could like nail down all the little details that make it work so well Um, but I think at the end of the day it's a pretty simple film uh, with a pretty simple um, gag is a strong word, but like I'm gonna say it, a, like a, a simple gag behind it. The gag being, this looks like garbage, but everything else is done really well. And I think you know what? There it is. This is a film that looks like absolute shit, but everything—the composition, the jokes, the action, uh, the music. All of it's great. It just happens to have been done in Poser by one guy with maybe like a handful of pre-rendered assets, but more or less just one guy doing this thing. And goddamn, that's just the American. That's yeah, the American goddamn, that counts for something because that is hard. Yeah, like I, that is the thing that I I keep coming to with with this is like you know, we, because we like we 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 have experience in making film at this level and it's hard. And he did one step further. Like, I mean, we just had to point a camera at a thing, hope it was kind of partially in focus sometimes. Yeah. Uh, he, like, like this is going in and making everything. Like, we we just, like, oh, this place looks really good for the movie. Let's shoot here. Yeah, we can we can sneak around here for 15 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Uh, and here he is just by hand everything. And that is shocking. Um, to me, like I'm, I'm in the middle of trying to figure out a, uh, how to make a film basically by myself because I, I can't trust enough people to form a crew right now and doing it live action, which is demonstrate like easier really, if you're not doing an action film or something big, yeah, you know, it's technically easier because you don't have to physically make everything. You can just point the camera, make sure it looks good at lighting wise, and then make sure the acting's okay. But like that's extremely challenging to do uh in live action to do it in animation just i'm i feel like a broken record but i am just amazed um will this be for everyone no uh i think if you saw that trailer and you think uh not sure about this one guys watch it with someone 
you know who enjoys uh, camp or enjoys quote unquote bad movies. We hate using that term bad movies here, but that's what people that how people relate. Yeah. Um, you really should watch it with somebody. If like I think for some people it'll work by yourself, but I think just in case you should definitely watch it with somebody. I watched it with my wife. We had a great time. Um, obviously Sean had a less good of a time uh, <laughs> doing it by himself, but as you can see from just us like talking about it, I, Sean has has already yeah. said that it's it's working a lot better for yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Cody, keep doing what you do. It's truly I am. Uh, uh, Cody did his last the last bit of chat. Uh, love it. You guys are hired. I don't know how facetious he's being. I hope not at all because man, I am willing to le- lend my pipes uh in a heartbeat because same here i i would love to be part of this film history you did a hell of a job cody say it again say it again you did a hell of a job cody yeah um so anyway um you can follow sean uh at uh, on instagram at keyboard underscore brawl is that right yep that's also what i am on twitter which you know god knows why you would want to be on twitter but if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's where you can find me. I, I ask the same question of myself all the time. Um, so, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Michael Keen. Uh, you can find me on the Instagrams at MB Keen, on Facebook at whatever the fuck. It's all in the, the links are in the description. Follow me on Letterboxd. That's somehow the least toxic place I go yeah. to uh, and, and utilize. Um sadly because it's also a pretty toxic environment uh and uh of course uh join the patreon if you feel like giving money to my my weird keen cults uh we have a lot of fun on the discord we're going to be starting um all kinds of weird bullshit this week with uh with cast um and you can help support me in my next ridiculous like bullshit idea like when i yesterday watched every police academy movie in a row for fucking 11 hours Jesus, it was not a good time, Sean. Michael. Why do you hate yourself? Uh, why do Why do I hate why myself? Why do you hate yourself? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I am an idiot, but people support me being an idiot, um, including my great patrons. You'll see in the in the credits in just a second. So please, uh, guys, go. Uh, most importantly, go support Cody. Uh, watch his movie on Amazon Prime. They do not pay a lot. <laughs> out i know that for a fact they do not give a lot of money to people uh but right now it's where you can find it watch this movie on amazon prime leave a review i'm actually about to do that right now uh as soon as we're done with this uh leave a review leave a review on imdb uh leave a comment on this video that'd be cool uh leave a video leave a comments on his trailer on his youtube page i'll link that in the description uh just support indie filmmakers especially indie film indie filmmakers who spend over a decade making films by themselves because that is still just blowing my fucking mind and i don't understand it he's like buddha um so uh yeah check his stuff out uh and buy it when it's on physical media theoretically in october uh and of course until next sean do you have anything else to say i don't think so all right until next time ladies and gentlemen please for the love of all that's good in this world go watch a movie